This is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League. Here's your host, John Keane. Hey, welcome to another week, and we have a busy show ahead. Peter Anhold is the GM of the Lethbridge Hurricanes, but also Hockey Canada's World Junior Team this year. He's compiling a list of the top talent. We'll ask him about the process ahead of this year's World Junior Tournament set for Sweden. NHL draft analyst for Sportsnet Sam Cosentino has his latest rankings out. He'll stop by and discuss some of the big WHL names. And quite the week for Prince George Cougars forward Cohen Zemer. He signs his entry-level contract with the LA Kings and is the Tempo WHL Player of the Week. He'll wrap up the show. Well, great to see Pete Anholt out on the road following his hurricanes around, but of course uh, a big task lies ahead as the general manager of uh, Canada's World Junior Bid for the tournament in Sweden. Uh, Pete, you're making your rounds, but I know that selection camp roster has to be pretty close to being ready to go here when you guys hit the ice. Yeah, I think we, we're we in a good spot, John. I like uh, We've we've worked at it hard. Uh, Scott Salmon has you know, been, been a big part of it and jumped right in with both feet and and uh and brent seabrook has been a real nice ad for us and and uh so i i think we're in a real good spot i I think we've seen the players we you know we didn't leave it to chance so we we got out and to see the players for our own self and make our own decisions and so i think that that says a lot um you know and i think we're in a good spot i think we've got uh got things narrowed up pretty good to this point anyways and then and, and, you know I think we get to a point that uh, we should be pretty close to being able to name the roster December 4th at least that's the uh, the, the targeted date that we would announce um, and then of course there's some NHL players uh, that are still possibles to come back but that's out of our hands I then Scott Salmon's been doing it a long time and and represented Hockey Canada at that in the, in that way and so he he knows the gig and he knows how to do it and so we'll leave him to handle that Let's talk about that because, you know, a player like a, a Zach Benson in Buffalo or a Kevin Korchinski who's in Chicago, uh, a Matt Poitras in Boston would be welcome additions to this team that seems to have an NHL or two filter back, no guarantees, but um, I'm sure it would be welcome with open arms uh, into that selection camp and over in Sweden. Yeah, 100%. I, I think any time you have that type of player playing up there, uh, it doesn't matter what position, hey, we, we'd certainly like to have them parachute into our team uh, you know and and be a part of the team um, but you know like I say that's not out of, it's not in our control we'll let the powers of be at the NHL decide what's best for their players development and we think playing a year with us uh, with the world juniors and representing Canada again would be a a real real good step again and you know the, some of them have already but but maybe they could take another step as far as being a leader and a more integral part of the team. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see, and then we'll take it a step at a time. WHL content, I know you represent the entire CHL in this process and college, trying to find your best roster available, but you have some great talent in the WHL. Um, Could see upwards maybe of 10 or 11 at that selection camp. I don't know, there's probably a number out there somewhere, but regardless, with your influence, we're going to see some Western Leaguers. 
Well, there's there's a lot of real good players in our league, as you, as you know, John. You see them every night, and uh, we're lucky to lucky to see the players that we have in our league on a night in and night out basis. And yeah, we're excited about the group that could represent the Western League. And you know, I I don't think it's any secret when you think of of who they could possibly be. It's not for me to say right now, but but yeah, there's there's going to be a good contingent from from our league and and spread out throughout the CHL, of course. I think the philosophy, you know, for picking this team has changed over the years. I think there was a time where they picked the players that would be future really good NHL players, maybe not the top junior players. Uh, are you looking for the best players? Are you looking for role players? Are you looking, this guy fits in on a fourth line energy role? This guy could win a lot of faceoffs, Or are you just, let's take the best players available and sort it out once we have a roster? Well, that's a great question. I, I, I think that you're building a team. You're not building an all-star team. We're not we, we we're not just looking at the stats and and pulling off the team the players with the most stats. That that really has nothing to do with it. Yeah, usually good players have good stats. I mean, and but uh, you know, where does a player fit? Is he a top six? player is he a, a bottom six or is he a middle six does he or is he a, a could he really give us some energy on that fourth line um, you know is he a penalty killer on the back end is he has he got some length has he got some size can he skate you know there's there's some big teams that we're going to be playing against you know the Czechs the Swedes are, are big Finns are big like you know so I, I think we we have to be cognizant of that and 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 what's a Canadian's identity? Uh, that being said, you still can only pick the players that are available to you. And you know, hey, if you could have six foot three, six foot four guys that can turn games around, great. But if you don't have that, you know, a six footer that plays hard and competes hard and plays like a a pit bull, uh, that's good too, right? So. Uh, I like uh, the diversity that we have in our group. Um, you know that that can that I think we can build into a real good team. I, our coaching staff is really strong. Like uh, Al Latang's been around uh, with a lot of different levels and been successful. He's a real good coach out of Sarnia. Gilles Bouchard has been, you know, in the program off and on. Was in in Syracuse for many years and then now back in Sherbrooke. And then of course Sean. You know, having Sean, I I think is really cool. To be honest with you, I, I, to have him part of it. Is, is awesome from my standpoint. I, I've always had a lot of respect for Sean and you know so you know um, and then you know we got Justin Pogge as our goaltender coach and and also Scott Walker is is come on board and you know he's done so many things with Hockey Canada too and so we're really fortunate uh, with that coaching staff. I think we could have four head coaches out of that group because they're all really that special as far as I can see. Pete, whenever you put the Maple Leaf on, it means gold medal. Uh, that's the expectation. Uh, Don Hay said it this week to me. He's like, you go there, you're given the best players, don't screw it up, is what he said. Uh, and he has experience coaching, right? So there is an expectation of a gold medal. I think you're ta- you, you just talked to the right guy about what the expectations are. It's, it's really clear. I, we, uh, we're, you go there with the intent of 
that you want to win that gold medal game against a real hard opponent, mm -hmm. and that so be prepared for it. It's you don't they don't hand out the medals uh, after the first game, so you got to be careful about that. Yeah. And and you know and and I think we've got enough experience on our staff that we can we can handle the ups and downs. But when it's all said and done, you want to be there for the gold medal game, and and you want to win it. And uh, you know anything short of that is pretty much you know talked about as being not successful so you want to be successful last question canada is always uh, a medal favorite is there a nation out there that have built towards this year in your mind that will be stiff competition well the americans are real good they're really skilled um you know i think the swedes are a big strong team you know, and we, we've seen that over the last couple of years. We even saw that at the Holenka with the 05 group. Uh, they were a big, strong group, and the Czechs are, uh, you think of the last year's gold medal game, that was big man's hockey. And, you know, so, you know, and, and the Finns have, have been good, you know, in the last. So, hey, I, I, it's, it's the usual suspects. Right, it doesn't seem to change too much, and but you can't take the the other teams lightly. But when it's all said and done, I think you we all know who we have to beat when it's uh, when it, when it's here in the gold medal games. Yeah. You bet. Well, Pete, uh, it's always uh, a favorite uh, tournament of everyone to uh, over the Christmas holidays and Boxing Day. That puck drops. Nothing beats that. Go over to Sweden, to Gothenburg, and, and win that gold medal. Bring it back here to uh, to Western Canada. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, John. You're listening to the WHL This Week Radio Edition. Sportsnet NHL draft analyst Sam Cosentino has his latest rankings out. And, of course, it is laden with WHL talent. Sam is a friend of the WHL and joins us here for WHL This Week. Sam, thanks for making time for us out east here today. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much, John. Nice to, to keep the involvement uh, with the CHL and, in particular, the WHL. So happy, happy to be on. All right, I always appreciate you flying the flag for the Western League players uh, out this way. Uh, your latest rankings are out, but before we talk about that, you've been involved now as a spokesperson for Hockey Gives Blood. Uh, Stu Middleton and that program has just grown uh, exponentially the last number of years, and uh, you're on board as well to help out. Yeah, uh, really, really great cause and kind of got started uh, with Luke Pierce uh, over there in Edmonton and, and of course, Stu Middleton. Uh, two guys that are, um, you know, have done some amazing work aside from what their real jobs are, uh, <laughs> and asked me to kind of help out. And so we've done uh, some stuff here the last couple of years. Um, and uh, I can't think of a better cause to support, especially in these times where uh, the blood supply is low. And I can say this, John, I went out and, uh, and donated about uh, two to three weeks ago. And so now I got to wait my turn, but it's, uh, it's never as difficult as what people might think. And mm -hmm. so I will leave that message with the, uh, with the listeners. Nice for sure. Uh, Sam, uh, you're with Sportsnet and your focus is draft prospects, uh, around the world basically. And, uh, in the WHL, Berkeley Catton has definitely made a name for himself. Uh, you have him number four amongst draft eligibles for this summer's NHL draft. I've seen him live now four times in the last uh, month or so. Uh, he's a special talent. What do you see in Berkeley Catton? Well, you know what? A lot of times in the draft year, it, it starts before that. So you go back to the under 17s, and that's kind of how it works. And, you know, teams are now doing a really good job scouting that just to kind of get a heads up for what the, the next year might look at. So obviously, very successful there. Uh, you know, wore a letter there, put up more than a point per game at the under 17s. 
And then your next thing after that is what happens at the under-18s. And so he gets an opportunity to go there, does pretty well there. And then, of course, that's followed up by your Helenka Gretzky, which is, I think, where he started to jump off the page again. You know, I think it uh, 11 or 12 points in the in the Holinka and uh, had an opportunity to win a gold medal with Canada. But in terms of a guy who, you know, is very excited to go get pucks when he doesn't have them, a guy who has, when he has the puck, becomes that dual threat option, um, you know, whether he can score goals or, or uh, you know, use that great vision to set up plays, he does those things. So you like the fact that there's some leadership qualities in his background. You like the fact that he can, score as well as be that dual threat and of course you like the fact that there's some uh, winning in uh, in his pedigree as well. Ryder Ritchie of the Prince Albert Raiders at number seven a player that uh, I have yet to see live but uh, he's a guy that's obviously impressed you so far. Yeah no question and you know you're always looking for like a starting point and of course we talked a little bit about that uh, with Berkeley that it starts in the under 17s. The starting point for Ryder Ritchie would be the fact that of course, uh, his dad Byron played in the national hockey league. And that always plays well with NHL scouts just because they feel that there's maybe one less layer to have to adjust to once that player eventually makes it to the NHL. And they also feel because of the exposure of that player to the game at a young age, be it through dressing rooms, watching, listening to dad, being coached by dad, that the developmental path is a little bit shorter and the curve a little bit steeper in terms of, of development. So, again, it starts for Richie in that regard. Um, you know, good under 17s, but I like the fact that this guy's all about it. You know, he's a, he's a true hockey nut. He's all about, hey, what's going on in the league? What's going on in the draft class? What's happening in the National Hockey League? And, of course, when you're looking at a guy who puts up a point per game as a 17-year-old, that's impressive stuff too. So it looks, John, a little bit like when I'm seeing some of these guys, you know, the Cattens, the Richies, the Lindstroms that are in this year's draft class for the WHL, somewhat similar to what we saw last year. You know, we looked at the, the leading scorers, and of course it was Bedard, and it moved on through there with Andrew Crystal that there were a lot of guys at 17 in their draft years really doing a, a good job to stay in the hunt for a WHL scoring title. Not that they were going to get by Bedard, but it was nice to open up and, and see a bunch of guys on the list who are draft eligibles. That that doesn't happen all the time. You know, we're getting a little bit more of it this year uh, as we did last year. Yeah, that was a great 05 class across the WHL for sure. You mentioned Caden Lindstrom at number 10, uh, but I want to talk about the first defenseman and, and a guy that's jumped up your rankings, a guy that I really like because uh, he is so good offensively from the back end. You have Carter Yakimchuk of the Hitman uh, at number 16. Yeah, he's a, a bit of a riser, that's for sure. So I had a good opportunity to, to speak with uh, with Steve Hamilton there just about what this guy's all about and, of course, watching him. And you like the fact that he's been able to adjust to what I thought was a little bit more of a role that he wasn't used to, uh, you know, playing internationally. And then the fact that he gets back to the Western Hockey League, you know, putting up big goal totals last year as a 16-year-old, really difficult in the WHL and then backing that up here as a 17-year-old. But again, the guy who, when he gets the puck, no matter which zone it's in, you have to think of him being that type of threat. Uh, I, I think, too, John, he's helped by the fact of what we're seeing in the National Hockey League this year. I think about Quinn Hughes. I think about Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Josh Morrissey to a certain degree, where you're seeing these guys that have those great offensive instincts but aren't really hurt 
with their ability to defend. I think Yakubchuk has a little bit of a ways to go in that regard, but I think it's real positive when you're looking at some of these other guys that they have that dual ability, and I think he's well on his way to becoming you know, that type of player. Um, big booming shot, power play guy, um, and a guy who, when you look at goal totals from the back end, pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, good take on Carter Yakimchuk uh, in Calgary. Uh, you mentioned NHL bloodlines, and uh, there's a player now in Kelowna who was in his 17-year-old draft-eligible season, Tej Aginla. Uh, you have him at number 25. He's nearly a goal-a-game guy so far this season. Yeah, that's impressive stuff. I mean, anytime you're talking about goal per game, that's impressive stuff. So, you know, we're hitting on a couple of notes there, talking about a guy who's taking advantage of being moved from Seattle where, you know, just due to their roster uh, was was underplayed. And, and the guy who just knew that coming to Kelowna, he'd have an opportunity to get all the high leverage minutes and has really taken advantage of that opportunity. So, again, it's that goal scoring ability. I love his hands, though. He's got good, soft hands can work in tight which is so much of the game in the national hockey league these days obviously the bloodlines aren't uh, aren't gonna hurt there and i think you know getting the Kelowna in a place where he's comfortable playing he's really proven for chris Millette that the responsibility given to him is something that he's been able to take and and run with it to this point and perhaps the the biggest story so far this season as far as you know first year players and draft eligible players has been Tarek Parasak in Prince George sort of i don't want to say came out of nowhere sam but uh came out of nowhere a fourth round pick at one point leading the league in in scoring unbelievable and and still kind of here we are you know a month and a half into the season and and essentially maintaining that goal per game uh, pace or very close to it i mean when we're using that phrase, we're so used to talking about Connor Bedard, not mm-hmm. Tarek Parasak. So <laughs> impressive stuff. Listen, he, he has some help from his line mates. Tanner Howe would tell you the same thing. But not only do those guys help make you better, you help make them better, but you also learn a lot from playing with really good players. So he's been the benefactor of that, playing the, you know with Height and Zemer at times uh, throughout the course of the season. And the guy with that goal-scoring ability, nose to the net, goes to some of the dirty areas, even though he's uh, you know, maybe a little bit slight of frame. But uh, I had to do a, a double-take when I'm you know, scanning the, the WHL stats early in the year. I'm like, who is this dude? Hmm. And, of course, you know, doesn't play last year in the league, uh, save for five or six games or whatever it is, and then jumps out to that uh, huge goal-scoring burst to start the year that hasn't really slowed. Great list and a great breakdown here. Appreciate it. You're a friend of the Western Hockey League. Uh, always flying uh, fly the flag for the guys out, uh, out west, and we appreciate that for sure. Thanks for being our guest on WHL this week. Real pleasure, John. Great talking to you. Thanks, and take care. The Western Hockey League Player of the Week. Cohen Zemer had a big week with the Prince George Cougars. He signs his NHL entry-level contract and is the Tempo WHL Player of the Week. Cole Waldy has more. Cohen Zemer is the reigning WHL Player of the Week and also fresh off an entry-level contract with the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, Cohen, obviously, congratulations on those two accolades. But I guess, firstly, just your thoughts on a pretty successful week going 3-1, and one, rounding out the week with a come-from-behind win against the Kelowna Rockets last Saturday night. Yeah, I think uh, the boys obviously had a good good week here, and uh, I think we played very well throughout the games. And uh, had a little hiccup against Vancouver, but I think we came back the next two games and, and made up for it there. Player of the week, uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of the first times, if not the first time, uh, being named the WHL Player of the Week. But obviously, a great week for yourself, and maybe take me through when you when you found out the news. 
Yeah, I think uh, Wally actually texted me here the, the morning of is how I found out. But, yeah, it's obviously a pretty cool uh, accomplishment for myself and uh, just kind of get recognized by the league. This week just continues to, to get better, obviously, signing your entry-level contract with the Los Angeles Kings. Not too far removed after getting drafted, right? Sometimes it takes a lot longer for teams to sign guys, but they're showing their commitment to you right away and must be a, a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, it's surreal for sure. I think uh, signing that first contract is uh, kind of weight off the shoulders as well. So uh, very excited and uh, happy to be with the organization. Uh, maybe take me through it. Uh, when you found out it's a pretty u- unique story and maybe tell me how you found out that you were signing on the dotted line. Yeah, I actually was in, uh, my dad was up for the weekend, so it was a pretty cool experience to be with him. But yeah, we were in Canadian Tire and uh, I got a call from my agent uh, letting me know that, uh, that they wanted to get a deal done. So yeah, it was uh, cool to be to be with my dad there. I know we talked about it a little bit, but maybe the first, you know, your contract is all solidified. What is going to be the, the first thing on the menu you think that you're going to purchase? Yeah, I think uh, nothing, nothing too big. I think there's a couple of little fishing things that I, that I wanted to get through to uh, uh, help with ice fishing in on, uh, on the boat in the summer. So maybe something like that. It's been obviously a really good start for your group this year. I guess not really much of a start anymore. It's, you know, 30% into the season. Uh, maybe just your thoughts on this team that's really starting to take shape, especially the month of November. There's been a lot of good things. And maybe just your thoughts on how it's gone here so far. Yeah, we've got a really good team this year. I think uh, we got a resilient team here that we we know how to win now too as well. We got some some older guys to uh, show the younger guys what it's all about, and uh, we've got some experience uh, in the front and the back end, and obviously goaltending. We got to look at Ravensburg; he gets a lot of it from Young, uh, learning from him. But uh, yeah, just a group of guys we've got, and we we know what we want to accomplish at the end of the year. And the depth side of things is crazy, right? I think you look at there's only two 20 year olds on this roster right now, and it seems like you're getting contributions up and down your lineup, and it feels like that's what you're going to need come the stretch down playoff time. And got to be really good to see that. Obviously, you and Riley have been doing your thing, but again, to see all these other guys starting to contribute is very nice. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, depth. Our depth is one of our biggest things about our game. We got those young guys on the fourth line that uh, bring it every night. So it's it's good to see them go out and have the confidence to play like they are. Uh, I think uh, we got a good uh, good group of guys right through the top to bottom. You know, we talk about all the rookies that have done some great stuff offensively, but you just mentioned that third line of LeJoie, Foster, and McLennan. Like, can you talk about these three? Because it seems like maybe sometimes they don't get enough credit for the energy that they bring. And it must be impressive. I mean, you've been through the league. You've seen a lot of young guys come through. But what they're doing has got to be pretty impressive to see also from your lens. Yeah, you look at the stats, and, and they're not pretty, but that's, that's what they're here for. I think they, they bring their own role, and, and they know what to do every night. So they bring it every night, and, and they, they know their role of, uh, you know, they're the kind of grind line, and, and they, they bring it every night, and they fight, and they, they bring it all. So it's really good. I want to talk about you and Riley Height because you probably get this question. You get this question all the time about what it's, what it's like to play with him. But now that you guys are veterans in this league, you know, 19 and 18, it seems like, you know, a couple games on your belt this year, and it really seems like, you guys have found your stride right now, especially this season. Maybe just take me through um, the year so far with him. And, you know, we were talking uh, about the Vancouver game last week. It felt like in the offensive zone you could start turning on the, the Harlem Globetrotters music at times. But uh, maybe just your thoughts on you guys now, another step, uh, getting drafted, and now playing together must be pretty dang cool. Yeah, I think uh, we've been we've been through it all together our whole careers, and uh, we've been playing together for, for the last – four years now so uh yeah we've been usually it was against older guys in the first couple of years and now we're, we're finally playing against guys our own age so uh a little bit more freedom on the ice i think we're really clicking right now uh off the start of the year i think it wasn't wasn't clicking but now uh 
we're clicking very good and, and to go through the draft with them and all that kind of stuff is it's pretty cool we're pretty close buddies off the ice as well and uh, our families are pretty close as well so it's pretty cool going through everything with them it's a great way to end it right there Colin. I appreciate the time and congrats on everything with signing your your elc with la and being named the whl player of the week and good luck the rest of the way here with the french church critters thank you Hey, thanks to our guests, Peter Anholt, Sam Cosentino, and Cohen Ziemer, and a special thanks to Cole in Prince George. I'm John Keane. Have a great week.